0: Hi there and welcome to Manningham Christian Centre's Sermon of the Week. I'm so glad you joined us. My name is Matt Wyatt and I'm the lead pastor here. My prayer for you is that as you listen you encounter God and find this message practically helpful. It would mean a lot to us if you were able to rate and subscribe. This not only lets us know how we can serve you better but also spreads the message to those who need to hear it. Hey, thanks so much again, and I look forward to catching up with you later. Bye. Thanks, Sam. All right. So, so isn't like technology awesome? Like we've got, uh, sometimes we've got people who are, who are mixing our uh, audio all the way from Noosa. We're training up teams within the church as well. And I just think it's so important that as a church that we are involved all the time, amen? It's good to be involved. And some of what I'm gonna be talking about today is discipleship, personal discipleship in order to uh, uh, grow. Who wants to grow? I know I want to grow, right? And how many know you never get too old to grow? How many know that if you're young, there's a lot of growing? How many know that if you're old, there's often a lot of growing, right? And so you see, we get into this place and we get into this state of this discipleship of continual growth, continual growth. And today I want to talk about Particularly, I want to talk about something that uh, I know uh, my father had romantic ideas of, and uh, we had this um, this little mirror. Now I'm not talking mirror, mirror on the wall, who's the prettiest in the kingdom of them all, or whatever. I'm talking about a small wooden boat, and he, and he and Dad bought this boat, and uh, it sat in the garage. And that's all it did, right? It, it, was, it, it, was, it was, had wood rot through it and, uh, and both Dad, Gary and myself, um, I think Dad had this romantic notion that one day we were going to be able to do it up. And we started doing it up and then it started filling up with things, other things. You know, uh, my boss used to tell me, you know, you know, Matt, what a boat is? just a really expensive trailer, right? You just carry stuff in it, right? But you see, um, uh, I had this, Dad had this romantic notion of of, uh, going sailing in a boat. Anybody been sailing before? Man, it is really, really awesome. Doing, doing sailing in any way, shape, or form, I reckon, is just some of the most amazing. Uh, the the amazing thing that when that when you feel the pressure of the wind in that sail as it starts to push you through uh, the water, it is quite powerful. And um, um, today isn't really about sailing. Today really isn't about the wind. Um, today really isn't about water, what today is about is the metaphor that the winds of life continue to blow. How many feel that sometimes the wind of life is relentless? Right, it just keeps on coming at you, right? You know, the grass keeps growing, weeds keep growing, there's always things to do, there's always appointments to be at, there's always things to keep up with, right? There's always study. There's always learning. There's always this, right? And and we live in a a state of life at the moment that is incredibly fast-paced. You know, if if we were to turn back time to uh, you know 50 years ago, it it I don't know. Is it for those? Don't look around who may have been alive back 50 years ago. um, Was life as fast as it is now? It doesn't appear to to me from my perspective. um, Who uh, not. Not too far away from 50 years ago, um, uh, that, that it appears that life was life was a little bit slower back then and, and, and yet now it's just like seems to be speeding up. But the thing is is that the wind always blows, but it is how we position our spiritual life, our emotional life, and our physical life to respond, to harness the wind of life. And I'm not talking about the wind of change. I'm talking about the winds of life that continue to blow and how we stay on course. How many know that uh, you know, for a, for a sail ship, they have to tack to and fro to often go in the direction that they need to go and that what that means is to it depends on which way the wind is blowing i'm astounded with the fact that large sailing ships can can sail against the wind they can make progress even against the wind and it's because because they've learned how to angle the sails they've learned how to angle the ship in such a way that they can press forward towards their goal they can press forward towards their destination. Or you go, Pastor Matt, I don't know what my destination is at the moment. And, and that, may, that may very well be true. But I know what God says about my life and I know what He says about yours. He says, Jeremiah 29 11, I've got good plans for you, plans to prosper you, plans to grow you, plans to bless you and give you a hope and a future. Can I get an amen? So the winds of life continue to blow and it really depends on how we harness them as to the progress that we make. Some might say that this is personal discipleship. It seems to me that in a post-COVID world at the moment that uh, that, that, that there there is actually, uh, 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 well, it's like this. It seems that Uh, in this post-COVID world, it's emerged vastly differently. I was just talking with somebody, Caroline Allen, who uh, uh, ran our um, cyber awareness uh, night on Thursday night. Man, that was an amazing night to be at. Just phenomenal, wasn't it, Julie? Like, just extraordinary. Just the information, the wealth of information and the equipping for you as a parent or as a grandparent as to how to protect children from not only predators online, but the mental health effects of social media. It's just extraordinary. I really uh, wish that more people were there. But don't worry, we're going to be holding a second one. Everybody go, phew. Good one. So so it seems in this post-COVID world, people are more fatigued. There's like a fatigue that has come out. There's almost an unwillingness to come back together at times, right? In fact, the Centre for Social Impact states uh, in a report that, that post-COVID effects, um, uh, the post-COVID second pandemic in Melbourne, particularly Victoria, is the mental health areas of our community. And you talk to anybody who works in a, uh, an emergency ward at a hospital, and uh, there is an alarming high number of people who are coming in, not so much with uh, physical effects of being ill, but mental effects of not being in a healthy place among many solutions that are being offered by by this organization is that it's being recommended that there be a 43 million dollar increase in the mental health sector and that's that's a good answer right you can it, it's important to resource the areas amen of need but you know what the second thing that they recommended aside from spending money they said it's important for people to share their stories of revival of survival share stories of revival too but to share stories of survival what do you think sharing stories of survival looks like it's called community connection It's about people being with people. And what did I say? People seem to be so fatigued with things at the moment that the first thing that they cut out is their connection with other people. And how many know that the worst torture of a human being is for that human being to be isolated? They said the most effective way of overcoming the damaging effects of a COVID post-COVID pandemic is the number one thing the humans need, other humans. Isn't this amazing? Well, I, I can hear the silence in the room because well, you, you're here, you've already figured it out. But guess what? There are other people in our community that has not yet figured that out. There are other people in our community that need us to reach out to them, to say, g'day, how you doing? You know how I survived? the pandemic I survived the pandemic by being connected with a great local church I survived the pandemic because I continue to worship God I survived the pandemic because the Word of God is alive and well in my life hello when you get together with others and actually in the same place together not just online and hello and shout out to everybody online thanks for joining us it is better in the room amen When you actually get together, lasting influence takes place. This is what I'm saying, lasting influence takes place. We would call this personal discipleship. It is the personal change that takes place as a result of hearing and interacting with other people. I personally have been impacted by those three events that I spoke about earlier. I've been personally impacted by having Ian Miller here and sharing what he shared. I've been impacted by the stories of survival of what is happening through the work of CareNet at Manningham Christian Center. I've been personally impacted by the ministry of Brett and Scotty Lidner. But how do I respond? What have I changed in my life in response to that impact? You see friends, we can easily watch a great movie and be impacted by it and and remember it and cry and and get tissues and and it might be the best Hallmark movie you've ever seen. This afternoon, the family and I, we're gonna go see Fast and Furious 7. I may cry at the end of Fast and Furious 7. 10, oh 10, they've made that many? I can walk out of a movie unchanged. My behaviour cannot change. Friends, what I'm saying to you is personal discipleship means that we step into a place. We step into this era of where we sell out. It's one of our core values here at Manningham Christian Centre, to be sold out, sold out to the things of Jesus. Totally committed, not just half on the fence, not just coming because it's good to, but to be switched on. To the things of God. So I asked our home base, what is the one thing you've actually implemented? I mean actually changed? And there were some people that had gone, well this is what I've done. Others, this is what I intend to do. Guess one, which one I was? That's right. I was the, well I intend to do this. And something that's happened in our home base is that we've started encouraging each other and supporting one another in implementing that one change. Is it being, is it being uh, uh, um, uh, what should I say, dictated to? No, it's been encouraging. What change are you gonna make? What are you committing to? What are you implementing in your life? I'll tell you what, thing, what one thing is this. And, and if you're new to church and if you're watching online and, and you don't know what this, this is, we'll talk about a little bit later. But I've, I've committed to one thing and that is increasing my prayer life in tongues. That's it, that's it. It's really simple. But do you know, to implement real change can be really hard, can't it, right? So I ask you, in two months time, 60 days time, What is the one thing that you have done to change your walk with God, to change your walk with your family and to change your walk with your community? One thing, in two months time, mark it in your diary. I'll get up here and I'll say, what's one thing? One thing, and you can all shout it out at once. What's one thing? One thing that you've implemented, one thing that you've learned, rather than just stepping back into our default. You see, the wind is always blowing, but will you set your sail? Will you make changes to be effective in the direction that God has called you to be? Or will you be tossed around by a post pandemic world? Life happens around us. Difficulties, blessings, it's not all hard. Life can be a bit like a roller coaster, can't it? In fact, I wanna share something with you here. Uh, Anna and I went, oh, here we go. I'm just catching up to my slides. This is the problem with uh, holding a mic and that at the same time. All right, yep, we've done all that, but that's a nice sailboat, isn't it? All right, so one thing that Anna and I did, when I say recently, it just seems like a world ago. We went on a cruise. Anybody else been on a cruise? Oh man. they're, they're a lot of fun, right? <laughs> Did somebody go in the Ruby Princess or something that? No, Matt, that was not a lot. No. We went on a cruise, right, and here is us. Isn't that picture perfect postcard? Look at look, look at us all ready, you know, all set. We're about to go on the boat. We're down at Darling Harbour there and there's this giant ship. I don't know that I've actually been this close to such a big ship, right, called the Carnival Splendour. Look at it there. Just fantastic. We got some passerby to take a photo of us there and they didn't steal the iPhone, which was really good and so you know but but we're on this cruise and look at Anna up at the uh, up at the bar there's no drinks at the bar so that's anyway that's the right bar to be at Anna and uh, and and you know just everything's just perfect everything's shiny look at all the timber and the chrome it's all shiny everything's perfect Anna's smiling because she's really happy but Anna's smiling because everything's perfect and everything's good but if you've ever been on a cruise ship It's like stepping into a different world. Everything's glamorous. You are the rock star. Anybody wanna be a rock star? Just go on a cruise ship, right? You get up there, everything is, well, first maybe three hours things are complicated because you're trying to just work out where you are in the ship and and where your room is and where everything else is. But it's always fun. It's always awesome. It's always, oh, oh, next thing, next activity. We'll go to this or we'll go to that and we'll go to that concert and we'll we'll go and, you know, go to that room. Or you could literally party 24 hours a day, seven days a week on that. In fact, there are people that we spoke to that had been on that ship or been cruising for 80 plus days. Can you imagine that? Man, talk about retirement. Like it's all your meals are made for you, your bed gets made for you, everything is done. But how many know that life is not like that? Unfortunately. Here are the waves, even on this big ship. Here we are, loving life, having fun. But even in this, on this big, giant hunk of metal ship, just a two, three meter swell, and this thing is like that. You know, there were sometimes walking down that corridor, and there are other people walking towards you. You got to try and time. The swing, otherwise you're gonna have a Minty's moment dance with them, right? A forced dance with old people walking towards you. And so, you know, you're going like this and you're going like this a little bit, or even worse, you're going up steps and you trip (laughs) and everyone thinks you've, you know, but it's the boat. And so here, even in this, look at those waves. The wind's blowing. Even a big ship, no matter how robust, no matter how many stabilizers that it has, gets tossed around by relatively small waves. Our life, no matter how confident we are, no matter how set up we are, our life cannot withstand the blowing of what? the world throws with us if we do it on our own. We have to set our sails in accordance with the laws, the spiritual laws, the emotional laws, and the physical laws that God has given us, the tools that we have. And today we're going to talk about them. I tend to think that... uh, Sometimes we can approach our Christian life a bit like a cruise ship. Sometimes we can actually approach church like a cruise ship. And we can ask these ourselves the question, do I like the music they play in the ballroom? Do I like the captain and his crew? Is the service good? Do they return my phone call? Are my needs Met? Is my cruise pleasant? Are the chairs comfortable? Will I sail with them again? You see, perhaps the metaphor is better made like this. Is the ship on a clearer and noble mission? Does the captain submit to a higher authority? Are crew members equipped to succeed? Who are the crew members? Are they able to contribute in significant ways? Are the crew members honored for their efforts? How do you choose? How should you choose? Friends, I know I'm preaching to the choir here But I think too often we can fall into the trap of not setting our sail for the purpose and the mission that God has for us as a church that is intimately interconnected with the purposes and plans that he has for you as an individual. Will it blow you off course? Will the wind damage you? Or will you you harness it to propel you forward? Will you use it to cause growth in your life and the lives around you? The truth is, your life will not change unless you make adjustments according to the leading of the Word and the leading of the Holy Spirit. Friends, I can't sugarcoat this. If you were to be shown the halls of hell and realize what you and I have been saved from, then your passion levels during worship and your honoring of the word would look different to where we are at today. Whatever difficulties, whichever the wind blows, and no matter what life throws in your direction, I'm gonna share right now with you three keys to harnessing the wind and using it to move your life in a growing direction. Are you ready? Proverbs chapter six, verse two says this, you are snared with the words of your mouth. What does that mean? Well, it means to be trapped, your words can trip you What you say can cause you to stumble and it can keep you from your potential. So don't set the limits for your life with your words. We're gonna open your your Bibles right now to James chapter three. We're setting the sail called our words. Are you ready? We're setting the sail called our words. It says this, From chapter three, my brethren, which actually means everybody, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. For we all stumble in many things, but if anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, woman, person, right? We're talking about every gender, both genders. Able to also bridle the whole body. Isn't that an extraordinary thing? If you are able to put a gate on the words of your, that come out of your mouth, you are able to bridle your entire body. Could I just suggest something too? You? If you're unwell today, perhaps you need to think about the words that come out of your mouth. I mean, we all do it, right? Oh, I'm just sick of this government, right? Words like that come out of our mouth. And you say, Pastor Matt, I just need to vent. Vent in other ways, but put a bride all over your mouth. Hello? This is a good word. This is, the, please don't get upset with me. This is what the Bible says, all right? We good? Indeed, we put bits in horse's mouth that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look also at ships, although they are are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder, wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature. And it is set on fire by hell. This is very clear scripture, friends, isn't it? Isn't it? We have to watch what we say. And I think think the easiest way to watch what we say is to to walk in humility and have a repentant heart about it. We've got to be open about it. How many times have you said things that you just can't take back? Hello? How many times have you you even said it in secret and afterwards you felt this conviction and said, you know what, man, I, I really shouldn't have said that. Or how many times have you been you know, with your partner or with your husband or wife or friend or family member or even that ghastly neighbour next door and you've said things that you just go, man, I, man, I shouldn't have said that. I, I wish I could take that back. Friends, our words are powerful. What we say and what we speak and it is set on fire by hell. What does that mean? I'm glad you asked. What it means is when we speak, hell responds. Because back in Genesis, God said, have authority and have dominion over the earth. So therefore, the way we speak and what we say has power. The Bible says the power of life and death is in where? In the tongue. So we can either speak life Oh, we can speak death. And we empower the spiritual forces around us by the words that we speak. For every, Verse seven, For every kind of beast and bird of reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no man can tame the tongue. It is a truly uh, unruly evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless our God and Father and with it we curse men who have been made in the similitude of God. In other words, we can be very critical of other people and those people have been made in the image of God. So who are we being critical of? The maker of that person, hello? Hey, we're adjusting our course right now. Are you, are you all right? Are you still there? You're gone quiet. Out of the same mouth proceed blessings and cursings. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring set forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear, bear figs? Thus, no spring yields both salt water and fresh. That scripture, Matthew chapter 12, verse 34 to 40, for out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. I think I might touch on it next week, but um, are you bold enough to turn up next week? You all right? Okay. Uh, If you were to read on from verse 13, it's very interesting that verse 13 of James chapter 3 starts to draw the connection between uh, demonic influence, humanism, and that it is empowered by man. And yet it is veiled as wisdom. Hello? <clears throat> It is veiled as wisdom because at the heart of it is self-seeking. Verse 16 of James chapter three, I can't not say this. I just feel very convicted that we need to enact and bring change in our own hearts and lives. Verse 16, it says, for where envy and self-seeking exist, where it simply exists, you know, I ask the question, what is something that we need to change in order to set our sail? What is something? Well, then this is indicative of that something. It says, where envy and self-seeking exists. Now, can I be honest? I like being selfish sometimes. Hello? You know, when you come to the end of the day It's been a long day. You sit back in the couch. Anna's slaved all day, had a big day of work herself. And I just look over and I say, hun, feet are a bit sore today. (laughs) Every time she goes, come on, darling. Let me take those feet of yours. I'm shaking my head for effect. And I just have that indulged, indulging moment of this awesome foot massage and deep tissue and, and then I wake up and I'm dribbling on the couch. No, no, no. The point is this, is that where there is any self-seeking, where there is any level of it existing, this says, confusion and every evil thing are there. Man, you want an insight into what heaven's gonna be like? You want an insight into how we are to live as followers of Christ? We gotta lay ourselves down, don't we? Hello? But the wisdom that is from above is pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to to yield. Willing to yield. Friends, it's not about being a doormat all the time. It's simply walking in that position of always being willing to yield. Hello? Full of mercy and good fruits without partiality. You know what partiality is in today's language? prejudice, racism, right? Without partiality and without hypocrisy. So don't say something and do another. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Big scripture, (laughs) right? I'd encourage you read James. He had it all firsthand. It's amazing to read the scripture of the disciples you know, close to 30 years after Jesus' death because they've grown up a bit. Because often what you read is not reflected in the Gospels of their responses to what Jesus said and did. Sometimes the disciples seemed a bit dumb, right? Can I say that? You know, it was a bit strange, some of their responses. And Jesus said things like, how long do I have to put up with you? Don't you get it yet? You've seen all these glorious miracles. Don't you understand? Like he turned to Peter and said, get behind me, Satan. (laughs) Like, do you think Peter got offended? Or or, or, or was there a state of willingness to yield because he realised that there was self-seeking in what he was saying? Peter said those things because he wanted to be at the right hand of Jesus when he took the place of authority in the land when the truth is Jesus had already taken he'd already had it he never let it go hello Hmm. I'm going to continue this next week but I said that I would give you the three and I'm going to expand on them I'm going to expand on them next week if I could grab there we go there's the three first one, your words. Sale number one to set your sail is your words. And do you know what supercharges your words? His Word. His Word. Knowing His Word combined with the Word that comes out of your mouth equips and enables life here on earth. We know that creation was created through what? The spoken Word of God. We know that if this speaker, if God said that's not a speaker, that's an apple, what would it become? An apple. He has that much creativity. He has that much power. He he, he is able to do that. And so how much more has this, uh, have we been positioned because of Christ's death and resurrection that He said, as you sent me, this was Jesus' prayer to to, the the Father, to Father God. Jesus said, as you have sent me, Father, I now send them. And some people used to think that that was just about the disciples. Friends, that's not even close to being the disciples. That's you and me. It didn't end with the disciples. It's you and me that as Jesus was sent, so also we are sent. With the creative power of the words and the life that we bring. How much more even the internal words that go through our mind. A couple of years ago, I I preached a word as to how how many words we say, as to how many words we think. It's no telling that women are more in every single way. And men often, ladies, I'll give you a tip. If you ask your guy, what are you thinking? And he says nothing. He's absolutely right. Absolutely nada. Nothing's going on up there, right? Okay, just understand that. That's a that's a free that's a freebie for today. So your words, the words that we speak, his word. Well, we've got to know it, don't we? And the third thing is this I would ask and I would challenge you to adjust one thing in your life increase your level of praying in tongues. Now, if you haven't received that yet, then I wanna pray and believe and stand with you in that. Last week during uh, uh, Brett Lindner, uh, you know, dozens of people received the gift of tongues. Some for the first time, some it was a refresher, some are still working on it. I love some of the people that are still working on it. It's It's like trying to start a Honda in the morning. You know what I mean? Shun da 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 da. Shun da da, da da da. You know does that make sense? But when you actually step into that place of tongues, I love the way Brett described it is it's it's a bit bit like Peter getting out of the boat. It's 100% us and it's 100% God. At some point Peter had to transfer his weight from one leg to the next leg on the water. It was that step of faith. And I wanna encourage you that if you have not yet stepped into that place of speaking in tongues, I would encourage you, it is for everyone. And sometimes it feels manufactured. But let me promise you one thing, as you stay committed to it, as you continue to walk in it, what starts to happen is it starts to become natural. So I would encourage you, just increase that in the level of our church. Increase that in the level of your life and you will see change come into your life. What is praying in tongues? Tongues is literally turning a perfect prayer towards God. A perfect prayer. How many times have you prayed in English and you've just run out? Like guys, when there's nothing going on up there, you run out pretty quick, right? Am I on my own on that? You know, if you've if if you've talked all day, and then you, you know you are meant to talk to God, <laughs> but when you step into that place of praying in tongues and speaking in tongues, you know that you know within your heart that there is an effective prayer going before the very throne room of heaven. The Bible says the prayer of a righteous man avails much. The prayer of a righteous man avails much. So can I encourage you, let's stand up on our feet. I'm gonna ask you that you would be mindful this week of the words that you speak. I would ask you to be mindful and of learning His Word I'd, be, I'd ask you to be mindful of, of stepping into that place, of praying in tongues, upping that time limit in there so that you can be activated, so that you can set your sails, these three sails well, so that no matter which way the wind blows, no matter how bad the waves of life are, no matter what happens, what happens is that you harness it in order to, move forward and propel your life in the direction that God is setting, amen? Let's pray. Father, I just thank You for Your presence. I thank You, Lord, for what You're doing. Lord, right now, I just pray for every single person here today, that Your presence would go before them, that they would experience the love and the very nature of who You are. Lord, right now, forgive us for the areas of of the words that we've spoken that have been hurtful. Those words that have assassinated others. Those words, Lord, that have been damaging. Lord, Even would you forgive us for words that we've spoken over our own life? Words of unworthiness, words of brokenness. Lord, forgive us for those things. Break them off of our life. Set us free from those things, Jesus. Help us encounter your presence. And so even now, Lord, the sale of your word, let it it come forth out of our life. Awaken our prayer life, Lord. so right now with every head bowed and every eye closed there's a strong scripture or word that John 3:16 that says for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever that's whosoever that's anybody and everybody whosoever would believe in him would inherit and receive eternal life. You might be here today and you might be watching online that you've never ever prayed a prayer inviting Jesus into your life. Then I want to lead you in that prayer right now. You will you are the whosoever. And that you would be congrat- congratulated by every single person that's gone before you and said yes. Jesus. So even if you're in the room, just repeat this prayer with me. Jesus, I give you my life. Help me live it for you. I need saving. And I want eternal life with you. I turn my back on my past and I press into a glorious future. So today, Jesus, I give my life to You and I say yes to You. Thank You that You gave Your life for me, that I would have eternal life. Amen. Wow. Well, if you've prayed that prayer for the first time, we wanna be able to, we wanna hear from you. We wanna be able to help you in that journey of what that is. And you might be sitting here going, well, you know, I just, I just feel something stirring in my heart and I just don't know what it is. Hey, grab us at the end of the service or reach out to us online and, and shoot us a message. We'd love to reach out to you and just and talk with you about that. But hey, for everyone else, isn't God good? So in two, in two months time, I'm gonna ask, what have you changed? What have you initiated? and what has happened. Set your sail for the course that God has for your life. Amen. Let's give God a praise.
1: Well, thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Anna. I trust that during the service, God was moving in your heart and His presence was where you are. Just before we say goodbye today, I'd love to give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. If today's message spoke to you, or you've been considering believing in Jesus as your Saviour, then I would love to invite you to do that now. Would you repeat this short prayer after me? Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you died for my sins and that you rose again to give me life. I ask you to forgive my sins and be my Lord and my Saviour. I open my heart to you today. Amen. If you said yes to Jesus today, we would love to hear from you. We would love to celebrate with you, pray with you and help you start your Jesus journey. Visit our website manninghamcc.org and go to the I Said Yes page. Fill out your details and one of our leaders will get in touch with you. We would love
0: to hear your story. Hey, thanks for joining in today and being part of our service. If you enjoyed today's service, would you click the share button and subscribe to MCC so you can stay connected? We'll all need some good news and we would love to hear how God has spoken to you today. Visit manninghamcc.org and fill out a good news story form today. If you would love to know more how to grow in your relationship with God, then Next Steps provides the path for you. Visit mattinghamcc.org to find out more. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time.